please take a seat. Um, such a powerful image, God's goodness running after us faithfully, running after you, running after me. I'm just going to invite you to join me in prayer this morning. Um, and I'm really just going to do a padded out version of the Lord's Prayer, um, but leave some times free for you to pray to, um, either out loud or in your hearts. Um, so please join me in prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, you are the name above all names. You are the King of all kings. You are so worthy of our praise. You are faithful. You are true. You are merciful. You are all-powerful, all-knowing and ever-present, Lord. We praise your holy name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we live in a broken world, a broken kingdom, um, governed by kings and leaders who are human and earthly. But Father, you are the king, you are the king of all kings and we come under you. Lord, help us to know how to serve you. Let your kingdom come. Show us how to um, show that your kingdom is here on earth. Um, let your will be done in our lives. Show us the way, Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Lord, you are the one that feeds us. You feed us physically, you feed us spiritually. Let us um, be fed by you. Feed us, Lord. Um, give us everything you need. You are the God that provides you are the God that provides just what we need. And may we relinquish all our needs um, that we might think we have to you so that you can feed us, you can provide for us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lord, we, we are sinful people, Lord, but you forgive us and we just thank you that you release us from, um, from sin so that we can be free. Lord, thank you that every day we can come to you asking for forgiveness and repenting, and you do forgive us, you free us. So, Lord, we just take a moment to ask you to forgive our sins. Help us, too, to forgive those who have sinned against us. And, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Lord, it is a hard world to live in. There is sin, there is evil, there is temptation. There is so much in the world that is tempting us and are tempting us away from you. Lord, help us find the path um, away from those temptations so that we can keep our eyes on you all the time. Would you join me in just praying this prayer? Use whatever words you know. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your will, kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins and lead us not into, tempt- <laughs> lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Mom. It's just so nice to be able to pause in the, in the prayer and have some space. And I just wanted to um, welcome those online. I forgot to do that earlier. It's uh, great to have you with us too. And uh, today we've got David coming to preach. So I'm going to pass to you, David. It's great that you can be here. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing what you've got to say. Cheers. Thank you, Dan. Good morning. So my sermon today, Picture Parables. It's Picture Parables 4. Part 1 and Part 2 were spoken in September and November 2019, Part 3 in August 2021. I'm sure you all remember them well. If you can't, don't worry, because uh, I could not remember them either. I had to look at the sermon files to see what picture parables were included. In fact, I discovered uh, a couple of repeat parables today. However, I think worthy of another look. And uh, now a few foundational words of introduction to the message. The sermon subtitle could be uh, Looking for God in the Everydayness of Life. Really, it's not a sermon today. It's just a lot of short stories. Lessons from God's classroom. Where's his classroom? Everywhere. I believe God wants to be with us, encourage us, teach us and reach us in his everyday classroom. Scripture supports my belief. We read in Jeremiah 23, 24, Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? So God speaks to us through his word and his world, through the voice of his prophets, his people and his planet, the book of scripture and the book of nature. So picture parables, pictures that contain a parable. What's a parable? A parable is a comparison, a comparison drawn from everyday life and nature designed to teach us a spiritual truth. Who's the best-known parable teacher? We know, Jesus. He spoke over 40 different parables that are recorded in the Gospels. In Matthew we read, Jesus spoke all all these things to the crowd in parables. So my picture parables 
things I have seen and photographed that God has spoken to me through. These pictures have spoken to me about God and life. Or put another way, God has spoken me to me through these pictures about himself and life. So as we look at these uh, picture parables, you may think, is it God's revelation or just my imagination? Well, probably a bit of both, but I think a God-filled imagination for which I am truly thankful. You may not see what I see, but that's okay. You've heard two men looked out from behind the same prison bars. One saw mud, the other stars. Each picture parable could be a sermon subject on its own, but today I'm going to simply touch on a lot with a little. Selecting the pictures to include today, I got a surprise when I put them together. I realised that they spoke of the journey of life. So another sermon title for the message could be Picture Parables That Speak of the Journey of Life. So let's go for it. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was waiting for God to speak. And then in verses 3, 6, 9, 11, 14, 20, 24, we read, And God said, and it happened. The world in all its glory, fish and animals were created. And then it's great to see other words that followed, which included these words, And God saw that it was good. Now, to illustrate this good creation, picture parable one. That is cactus. It's a helicopter photo shot that I took a photo of. It's a surf break that uh, I surfed many times, and uh, it's on the Air Peninsula, about 60 kilometres uh, west of Sejuna. I've got an emotional attachment with it. Uh, if you're looking at it there, the top break is cactus, the middle break is cave, uh, castles, and the bottom break is castles. That's just the illustration of our amazing, wonderful, glorious world. But we need to pause for a moment. If it's an amazing, wonderful, glorious world, the creator must be even more amazing, wonderful, and glorious. The world does speak to us of the character of God. Come with me to Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. That's Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. Romans one twenty one, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Let's pause for another moment. Was there a definitive reason for this creation? What was the purpose of God creating it all. Yes, God was going to create. 
his human family. In the verses from Genesis 1 previously referred to, we didn't get to verses 26 and 27 where we read, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and likeness. So God created man in his own image, male and female he created them. And it's so good to read that again we see that God said it was very good. I think he was probably looking at the females when he came up with that line. (laughs) So the purpose of God's creation, the world and its wonders, come with me to 1 Timothy 6.17, a scripture that is so wonderful. Put your faith in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Isn't that beautiful? He created all this for our enjoyment. All was created and provided for our enjoyment. Okay, so human beings were born into this world. Adam and Eve, of course, not born as babies, but from Adam and Eve on, this is how we entered the world. So picture parable two. That little baby girl on the side of the road in a little town in Myanmar. It's a beautiful world, but it's a big and boisterous world. We need outside help as a child quickly finds out. We go to the next picture. (laughs) This little boy was so soon aware of his need for help. Can you hear his words? God, please help me. I think it doesn't take long until we feel like we're just a little ant. But you know, with God's help, we can be a G.I. ant. Not a giant, but a God-inspired ant. (laughs) Great to see this little boy praying. Just let me read to you from this article that I read just this week. Kids are our top focus. Our children are without doubt our single greatest and most precious asset. And it's vital each and every one is given the best start possible. So great to see this little guy praying. God wants us to journey through life praying. And the sooner we learn about God and learn about prayer, the better. God doesn't want us to be praying on our knees with eyes shut and hands clasped together, but simply communicating with God. Not pride-filled babble, but humbly and honestly communicating with him. You know, prayer is both talking and listening. Prayer is keeping company with God. God's our Heavenly Father. We're his children. And you know if you're a parent... You just love taking your kids and being with them as they discover and see things the first time and you look at their joy in their little faces. Well, God loves to do that with us. God, our Heavenly Father, wants to enjoy our company as we walk the path of life. You've heard the song, He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. Well, I want to say there's a better line. I walk with him and talk with him along life's narrow way. And I just love 
This scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says pray continually in the King James Version. Pray without ceasing. You know what that means? God is listening without ceasing. He's always listening. He's attentive to our cry. What a difference it makes in life to have a loving and listening God alongside. Come to Psalm 32.18. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. So our responsibility, stay in touch, pray, talk and listen. Picture parable number three. This was on a balcony at uh, Avoca where we were staying. What does this picture speak to me about? Getting on together despite our differences. This kookaburra and these parrots would just come and sit there together and wait for me to feed them breakfast. Here's my take. Getting on with everyone is the hardest thing in the world. Sometimes our fault, sometimes their fault. What turns one on turns another off. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I get some comfort in that God understands this challenge. Come with me to Romans 12, 18. This is God speaking. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Isn't that comforting to know that God understands that it's not easy to get on with everyone? Here's a helpful hint. To understand God has gifted us differently. That kookaburra didn't ask to be a kookaburra. The parrots didn't ask to be parrots. Their job is just to be the best kookaburra and the best parrots they can be. Accept each other, get on together, as they did. Same with us. We're all gifted differently. Come to 1 Corinthians 7, 7. Each person has their own gift from God. One is this gift, another that. None of us are gifted with everything, so don't try. Do what God has gifted us to do. Be who God has made us. Accept each other. Get on together. It doesn't mean that we're going to agree with everyone, but we do our best to get on with everyone. And you've heard this one. It's okay to disagree, but you've got to do it agreeably. But God wants us to dig deeper. Matthew twenty two thirty nine says, Love our neighbour as ourselves, Ephesians 4, 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Hebrews ten twenty four. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. How the heck can we do this? Too big, too hard. People are too challenging. They're so annoying. Well, Romans 5, 5. Come there with me. God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has give, he has given us through his love being in our hearts that we're able to love one another. This challenge leads us per- perfectly to the lessons of the next three picture parables that speak about our personal responsibility. So we now go from the character quality of love to the character quality of humility. Picture parable number four. This lady carrying these bricks speaks to me of humility. I was in uh, Myanmar with the mission team 
and she just quietly walked past carrying these bricks on her head. Count them, ten bricks, isn't that amazing? I admired her skill and her humility. A little chorus. Jesus, use me, don't refuse. For surely there's a work that I can do. And even though it's humble, Lord, help my will to crumble. And though the cost is great, I work for you. The line I'm referring to, and even though it's humble, help my will to crumble. There was every chance that she wasn't a Christian brought up in a Buddhist country. But she humbled herself to carry the bricks. You know, God loves humility. In Proverbs 6.16, we read there are seven things that are detestable to the Lord. Do you know what number one is? Pride. Jesus' sermon on the mountain. He's got this crowd of people. His Beatitudes. The first words recorded in Matthew with regards to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the humble, for theirs is the kingdom of God. In real estate, three important things. Location, location, location. In racing cars, speed, speed, speed. In a bakery... Vanilla slice, vanilla slice, vanilla slice. In a cafe, coffee, coffee, coffee. In Christianity, humility, humility, humility. Jesus set the example. He said, I am gentle and humble in heart. And he was. We read, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom. God's request of us, come with me to 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand so that he may lift you up in due time. My paraphrase, pride stinks, humility hums. Philippians 2, 5, 6 and 7. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Now, I've broken up the word humility. First three letters, hum. Middle letter, I. The last few words, litty. Hum, I am little. Remember that when you think of humility. I want to just read to you this article by a pastor. Performance is a certain mindset that equates our identity and value with our performance. My appearance, my intelligence, my achievements, these things become synonymous with my worth. This mindset is wrong. The answer to this enslaving addiction, the gospel of grace. The gospel is the good news that because Jesus won for me, I'm free to lose. 
Because Jesus was strong for me, I'm free to be weak. Because Jesus was someone, I'm free to be no one. Because Jesus was extraordinary, I'm free to be ordinary. Because Jesus succeeded for me, I'm free to fail. This means that who you really are has nothing to do with your accomplishment, your potential, your strength, your weakness, your past, your present, your future. Your identity is firmly anchored in Jesus' accomplishment, not yours. His strength, not yours. His performance, not yours. His victory, not yours. In other words, you are not what you do. You are what Jesus has done for you. Now, being humble doesn't mean that you don't do your best, but you don't have to be the best. Picture parable five. You'll need me to explain. It speaks to me of perseverance and persistence. I was sitting on a jetty on the shore of the Avoca Lake. It had been drained. And this water bird, I'm sitting there and he's in the distance. I think it's an ibis, I'm not sure. And he just came walking along. I'm saying he, might be she. And ducking his or her head under the water. I don't know what he or she was looking for, but just came walking slowly along and I just sat there and watched. Came level with me, checked me out for a moment, head in the water again and just walked along. Incredible persistence. I don't know what it was looking for. I don't know whether its persistence paid off, but I was impressed. You know, persistence and perseverance is a necessary quality on our journey of life. I personally struggled in so many ways as a young man. I was unsure of what the future held for me. One example, I I failed grade six, that's not the example. In leaving, I failed English, so I sat for my supplementary, failed but became a clerk in the NWS department out at Clinton and studied English, just English, at night school for the whole year, sat for the exam and failed. Went to the supplementary. I went into the, the room, the hallway of the big building in the city where I'd studied when the results were out and I looked, David Smythe, and said, English Q. I went to the legend to see what it was and it said, you have qualified as a failure. How about that? (laughs) My persistence resulted in me qualifying as a failure. Calvin Coolidge helped me. I became a Christian, praise God, got my King James Bible, and I put his quote, press on, inside the front page of my Bible. Calvin Coolidge wrote these words, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education alone will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone omnipotent. I want to add my bit with God there behind you 
persistence and determination bring the result. The Bible contains so much that encourages us to persevere. We read about Bible characters. Noah, Job, Moses, David, Daniel, Jesus, Paul. We see that God's presence and their perseverance enable them to achieve their life's calling. Bible verses that speak of perseverance. There are many, just three short ones today. Come with me to Hebrews 12.1. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Hebrews 10. 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And then we go to James 1.4. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. There are so many other scriptures. One says perseverance produces character. Another, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Love always perseveres. Now, just a final comment on this picture parable. We should not persevere in doing wrong, in sin, but we should persevere in doing what is right. These words lead us perfectly onto the next picture parable. Now, I hope that none of you will be offended by this picture. Here it comes. Now, it's a signpost that uh, you will see if you walk along the River Torrens Linear Park in the Walkerville Council District. It's good advice to dog owners, but it carries good advice to us all. It speaks to us of ceasing to sin, cleaning up our act, and serving God righteously. We already headed down this path in Hebrews 12.1, so we go back there again, cover me. Let us show off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Great advice. Sin entangles. We won't be free to run the race. It'll trip us up. More scriptural godly advice. Come to Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? The answer by no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal, mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer parts of your body to sin, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. I just love to say, be an instrument of righteousness in God's orchestra. Come to Galatians 5, verses 24, 25. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What are some of these sinful desires? Well, Galatians spells them out. I'll just read them to you. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. What are righteous acts? 
Well, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Come to one of my favourite scriptures in Titus. You've heard me share this many times because it's helped me so much as I've journeyed down life. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to us all. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour Jesus. My illustration. Here's the temptation to sin. Oh, looks good. Then, oh God, you're so glorious and you love me so much. That's a sin. No way. God's grace is so wonderful. God's love is so great. Say no. So good advice. Don't be a turd. Scoop the poop. Know the little song? Jesus, do a work in me. Lord, let everybody see. Lord, when you come in, out goes every sin. Jesus, do a work in me. So, my next picture parable. Picture parable seven. This duck caught my attention when I was walking around Marion wetlands. The lesson... Sometimes good growth and blessing is only found in dark places. Now, in this case, the duck is choosing to go into the dark place. In our case, it usually is not our choice, but the dark place comes our way. What do I mean by darkness? Difficulty, defeat, deformity, disease, death, just to put it roughly. Dark places will come our way in life. But with God behind us, we don't have to fret, fear, fall over or lose our faith. God will never leave or forsake us. In fact, he can bring good growth and blessing our way because of the dark place. Come with me to Romans 8.28. You know this scripture well. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose. I believe God wants to work for the good of everyone. Isn't it a fact that so many people come to Jesus, to God, when they cry out for help in their dark place? Here's an important point. I'm not saying everything is good. Our dark place may not be good, but God can bring good our way because of the dark place. A couple of Bible examples. Joseph thrown in a pit, in prison, and he becomes the Prime Minister of Egypt. Jesus, from persecution, crucifixion, the tomb, to resurrection, ascension, to sit at the right hand of God, which all results in our salvation. And we read that Jesus was happy to go this way because the result would fill him with joy. Two illustrations. I get the paper delivered, so I read bits and pieces every day. Candace Warner has revealed she was turned into a loner by school bullies, but the torment also drove her determination to be a winning athlete. I used to 
used all that hurt and anger I was feeling as fuel, she said. Discussing the bullying, she says it has made her vigilant as a parent. Listen to this one. We're all familiar with Paul's struggle in 2 Corinthians 12. After pleading with the Lord three times to take away his thorn in the flesh, God responds, God responds, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Now this is a pastor talking. Throughout my journey with anxiety and depression, I was brought to the end of my own power. And it was there that God's grace rested on me. I'd lost my hope in my personal charisma. I was at the end of my power. He's in a dark place. We think faith is supposed to protect us from being brought to a place of such desperation. But Paul suggests that faith is that point of desperation. That is the place where faith and trust in God actually begin. He brings us to the end of our sufficiency so we'll rest in his. To fully embrace the life that Jesus has for us, then we must be brought to the end of our strength. This has been a hard lesson for me to learn. I wouldn't have chosen it. Yet I can't imagine life now any other way. I am thankful for the doctors and medicine I need. But the struggle never goes away completely. It is part of who I am, the part of my journey of faith. Jesus, thankfully, has become bigger and I become less. And so I will join with Paul in boasting of my weakness. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Words of encouragement. I'm sure you've heard them. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high. and Don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of the storm is a golden sky and the sweet sound of a lark. Walk on through the wind, walk on through the rain. Though your dreams be tossed and blown, walk on, walk on with hope in your heart. And you will never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. What gives substance to those words? God says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He's there with you in the dark place. Even though I walk through the valley of death, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you're with me. Picture parable number eight. Two to go. I saw this doormat outside an apartment when I was staying in Waverley, Sydney. What parable did it speak to me of? Life is short. Hi. See you later. Bye. Scripture and reality confirm this Matt's parable. Come to Psalm 90.10. The length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Tell you what, if you're you know, in your 30s or 40s uh, or 20s, you think, oh, 70, 80, that's ages. But tell you what, when you get to 70, near 80, you realise that time has flown. The reality is confirmed with these words in the book of James. Come there. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. These words and the truth they describe are not to make us sorrowful and sad, but to alert us to the fact that we need to 
Make the most of every moment. Give life our best shot. Carpe diem, seize the day. A couple of quotes from the book, One Month to Live, by Chris and Kerry Shook. Death is more universal than life. Everyone dies, but not everyone lives. So, embrace each day as a gift from God. He created us and has given us another day to live, to know and experience his love, to love and to serve those around us, to live passionately the life he made for us. I used to, when I got the paper, go to the sports pages first. Then I grew up and went to the political pages. But now I go straight to the death notices. This notice in the paper last week, I think, moved me. How lucky I was to have such a strong, loving father to teach me the true meaning of love and family. Words cannot express the love I have for you and how profound the absence of you in our family will be. Thanks for every single moment, Dad. I love you endlessly. Thank you for being so kind and generous. You made everyone you were with feel special. You can rest knowing that you lived a full life and created a wonderful legacy. Good challenge. So Psalm 118.24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. So we come to our last picture parable. It speaks to me, and I'm sure all of us, of the journey of life. Journey's destination. In fact, I'm finishing my sermon where Mike Russell finished his last Sunday. Doesn't have to be bad news, but good news. Not sad news, but glad news. Yes, a touch of sadness, but leading to rejoicing and gladness. The cemetery was at Waverley, North Sydney, on the shore, beautiful location, looking out over the sea between Coogee and Bronte beaches. How can this picture parable bring joy and gladness? Well, in Jesus, death has lost its sting. Sin is the sting of death. Jesus has dealt with sin that separates us from God and his eternal plan. Yes, of course, death still have its sadness but has in fact become the doorway into the presence of God if we've made Jesus our saviour and been cleansed from sin. So we read in the Bible, where O death is your sting? Kind of we're challenging it. Where O death is your sting? Where's your victory? We read on, thanks be to God, he has given us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So at death, our spirit and our body are separated. Spirit goes into God's loving care, our body to the grave. But it's not over because there's going to be a resurrection. Come with me to 1 Corinthians 15. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet. 
For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishability, and mortal with immortality. Then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Pretty amazing. Yes, only the God that created this amazing world put us on it, could make this happen. God has this amazing plan for us all. Eternal life on a new heaven and a new earth. It's available to us all through Jesus, the way, the truth and the life. How? By simply and sincerely accepting him as Saviour and Lord. What a hope to look forward to. When will it happen? When Jesus returns, his second coming. He, we're told, will descend in the clouds of heaven just like he ascended back to heaven after his resurrection from the dead. The dead in Jesus will arise, not in old bodies but new bodies. The living, if we're still alive when it happens, will be transformed. Bodies made imperishable and immortal will all rise to meet Jesus in the sky and then take up residence on the new heaven and earth. No time for more detail today. Just that glimmer of our hope in God. So, I've underlined this bit. What do we have to do to be sure we can rest in this hope? Simply and sincerely, humbly and wholeheartedly, fully and faithfully, ask and accept Jesus to be our Saviour and Lord. The Bible puts it this way. Best known scripture in the Bible. John 3.16 For God so loved the world. He loves each one of us. That he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So that brings the picture parables that speak of the journey of life to an end. From the waves of Cactus to Waverley Cemetery. But the cemetery is not the end of the journey. In and through and with Jesus, the best is yet to come. I close with these words of prayer. Thank you, Father God, for the blessing of life. Thank you for creating an amazing world for us to enjoy in your company. Thank you, Father, that because of your love and ongoing plans, you fill our lives with purpose. Thank you, Father, that we can walk with you and talk with you along life's narrow way. Jesus, thank you for unlocking and opening the door for our salvation. Thank you for the great hope we have and that death has lost its sting. Father, fill us with your love so that we can represent you well on our journey of life here on earth. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Dan. We're just going to end with one last song this morning. Um, looking forward to what we have to look forward to, going, um, being with God in heaven, having that relationship with him for all eternity. So if you could like to stand with us this morning as we, as we finish with this song.
Yeah, well, thank you so much, David. Just every time you come and preach, it's just just reminded of the great heritage we have here and um, just the thought and the thinking behind your parables there. Um, yeah, I got a lot out of it and there's so much depth in it. And so maybe you're a parrot who's got a prickly kookaburra in your life and you need some prayer for that. Uh, perhaps you're in a dark place and you just want to have some deliverance from that as well. Um, or you've been persevering for a long time and you're waiting for a breakthrough. Um, I just want to invite you for prayer. We've got the prayer room at the back here um, and we'd love to pray with you uh, about those things. But let's just uh, finish up. Thank you, Lord, that you're just on that, that journey with us, that long life journey, and that from uh, every aspect of our life that you're there, that we can call upon your name. And just those parables that David shared, that we can uh, remember how to be in each moment, but also that you're uh, ruling over all circumstance. And we just bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, We're going to close now, but we've got coffee. And, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy some time together. Thanks, guys.